This is the Professional Stepdad Podcast, where we share stories, strategies, and ideas from men just like you to answer one question and one question only. How can I be a better stepdad? Welcome back to the Professional Stepdad Podcast. I am your host, Franco Zavala. This is episode five. Yeah, this is episode five. With me today is my good friend, Terrence. Terrence is also a stepdad, and he is going to you know, share his story today. Um, so thanks for joining me, Terrence. I appreciate oh, you coming, bud. Oh, absolutely. So as you know, I started this, I started this show for, for stepdads, right? And the reason I started the show for the stepdads is because, um, you know, as I, began, as I began my journey 10 years ago as a stepdad, I quickly realized that there wasn't a lot of um, resources and places to go and, and communities to belong to of other men that were in my similar situation or, you know, and you can get as similar as you want on it. So out of that necessity, I decided to, 10 years later, obviously, I decided to create this show so material can be delivered to stepdads are going to be watching. So before we go any further, tell us who you are, what your, you know, kind of your story, break it down for us. So I, it's been 11 years, 11 years. So I've been a stepdad for 11 years and, and we've got four. So we've got four combined total. We got seven and there's definitely been if I was to say there's, there's definitely been the highs and the lows. And kind of like you said, there was not, there was no roadmap. I didn't really know anything. It was just kind of like, okay, you dive in and what do you do? What do you don't do? What do you try? What do you don't try? Yeah. And I mean, that, and that came with pros and cons, right? right? Just, just wow. from the standpoint of the emotions the kids were feeling and what things I didn't realize were triggering emotions from them from, past experiences with the biological dad yeah. or things that I didn't even think were that big of a deal. Wait, so, so you say, you say seven total four. What do you mean four? Like break that down. So, so basically, so when I met my wife, she had four okay. and then I already had one and then we decided to have two together. Okay. So in total, we got seven. So you are, you are the definition of blended family. Absolutely. Okay. And girls, boys, right? Was- so the oldest is a boy. You know, so as far as our age breakdown, it's 25, 22, 21, 19, 16, 9, and 6. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, but you've been in the game for 11 years. Yeah. Have you been in, you know, so your oldest is 25? Yep. You've been in, and it's a, it's a boy, right? Mm-hmm. Have you been in his life for 11 years? Yeah. So, okay. so yes, yeah, so I've been in his life 11 years. I knew him a little bit. Before I was married to his mom, just through, you know, through what I do for work, which mm-hmm. is, you know, personal training. So I knew him from the standpoint of lifetime fitness and, and getting a chance to work with him a little bit in that sphere. But other than that, uh, which I think that was maybe two years prior to that mm-hmm. was it, you know, so think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so that's 13 years of his life. Yeah. So you, so you've been a stepdad to him for 13 years or for 11 years, but you've been in his life for 13. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. So when you, so he's your oldest. So for me, in my situation with my kids, my oldest is Brindley, right? Right. But she's also was my toughest to break through and to build that trust and that communication with. 
um, from a from a girl's side, like because she was so close to her dad. Right. So in your situation, um, you know, being in his life for 13 years, I and mean, he's a grown man now, he's 25. You know, what was some of the what were some of your highs and lows with dealing with, you know, trying to communicate with him on that, you know, that level? Because his dad's, I'm assuming, somewhere. Yep, yep. Okay, so, so his dad was still in his life. So, so it was. I would say some of the, I would say for him, it some of the toughest stuff probably was just connectivity. You know, he was big into baseball big in the soccer mm-hmm. and those weren't two things that were a background for me mine was basketball and track mm-hmm. those were backgrounds for me so for him was you know his his biological dad played high school baseball played college baseball his grandfather played college baseball uncles all this stuff so he had a lot of a lot of dynamics in in that regard so it was one of those ones where probably the hardest thing was that there was only so much i could do from a baseball standpoint to help him mm-hmm. and it was it was trying to find those things around to connect with him in that way and then other areas were just things such as oh, like I remember one incident where it was a it was a it was a father-son camp out right mm-hmm. so everybody's there is there with their biological dad and the son and it's just a whole father-son thing just trying to do that whole male bonding type thing right. and then that was that was different because I didn't grow up with a background of camping. There was, there was no camping, and that was <laughs> it was foreign to you. <laughs> yeah, you know that was completely foreign. I thought camping was getting in a motorhome. <laughs> that was that was my camping experience growing up. You know, you pull up to a KOA, yeah. you park it, you do the sewage stuff, the electricity, boom, water, running water. That was it. Right. So that was that was definitely a different experience because, and that I think was one of the things that helped us really connect because he had way more knowledge in camping than me i had none and for him it was he showed me how to set up a tent mm-hmm. he showed me how to set up you know actually doing a fire and setting up to cook food over that fire and you know but you know and so that was him and me letting him know that he had the experience of leading the way and that actually like opened up doors for us on that like event. Good, it was a bonding experience it was a great bonding experience so when you say biological dads you mean was his dad there or was it just you two? It was just us two. Okay. Where was his dad? Apparently? So his dad was in California. Okay. And and like I said, in, in this group, you know, they didn't know me. They knew his biological. Right, right. So, I mean, don't get it wrong. They weren't like shunning me or nothing like that. They're just like, dude, here's the event. You know, let's do it. And so he brought me and yeah. And for him, it wasn't this, you know, like I said, once I let him take the lead, mm-hmm. like, like he took the lead, and it was just, it was almost like the role was reversed where he was the guardian, I was the child in that situation, <laughs> but he was good with that, and it it drew us so much closer, and then after that, he was like, okay, and then from Because he could see you were trying. Yeah, yeah, he could see that it was something that's that huge. was- that's huge. That's huge, just the showing, the, the showing your stepkids that- I mean, that's the hardest part. I mean, and a lot of these stepdads know the hardest part about dealing with this journey is the fact that we are trying so hard in dark corners and in uncommon hours. And this is the amount of time and energy and effort that we put into trying to make connections and to build trust and to have all that stuff comes without trophies and awards and the attaboys. I mean, we literally do it and nobody can see the work behind the, this, behind the scenes, right. you know? Um, 
that was with, with Brinley and me, that was one of the things that we had, right? Because she, for the first, I mean, she was tough to break through. I mean, her dad, I mean, her dad and her were like this. So in steps this new man and immediately it was like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, who are you? You're not going to take his place. Don't even try. And she didn't speak those words. It was the way she looked. She felt she treated situations. So for me, trying to overcome that obstacle and trying to build that trust with her was tough because, you know, she's a girl and, and I grew up with a sister, but I didn't, I didn't, I had no kids up until that point, right? I wasn't raising any children. So being able to connect with her was a lot, it was more difficult because I wanted to let her know that I was trying really, really hard to listen, but I wasn't there to try to replace anybody. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's tough. That's a tough situation. So you found that common ground in camping. Did that transfer over into, I mean, cause you can't teach them anything about baseball, right. but you can teach them everything about sports. I mean, sports is about communication, hard work, determination, all that stuff. I mean, that had to be built inside you, right? right? Yeah. So after that, he really saw that, okay, he's not trying to place my dad. Cause like I said, I mean, it, their dad wasn't passed away. So it wasn't one of those situations where like, okay, the the emotional side from that side has been disconnected. It was, yeah, he's still alive, lives a few miles down the road, and 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 once and once we got through that, he realized, okay, got it, and he started seeing certain things. Like I said, because I I didn't have a baseball background, but he saw that I was willing to do different things. So as I learned something, I learned something. I'm like, okay, here, hey, I saw that this could help you out. Do you feel like this could help you out? So I was, you know getting into batting practice, you know, getting in with people mm. I knew who had way more experience in baseball. And so I got them around the right people. Right. You know, we made investments to to get him better, you know, like getting a pitching machine and and just, you know, letting him destroy the side of the house with <laughs> with this machine because, you know, that thing would be humming and he'd crank it and boom, hit the wall. I'm like, dude, it is what it is, man. You, you got to get better. This is right, what you right, want to do. Right. And so that definitely... That definitely helped quite a bit. And then it just, yeah, made our road a lot easier. So explain the relationship that you have with his dad. So I would say the relationship I have with his dad, I would say it's it's probably one of those ones where some people might be a little different, right? Everybody, and, I, I think everybody has their know, own, I mean. And, and, and mine was one of those ones where it was more like, okay, he lives down the street why doesn't he want to take more active roles? So my relationship with him at the beginning was like, okay, I'm not trying to replace him. I'm gonna let him know I'm not trying to replace him and he can do whatever the hell he wants. You know, it, you can come over here, grab him, you can do this, you can do that. And so if anything, it started getting to this point where it was almost like this complete hands off. Oh. Whereas I thought he would have stepped in and been more hands on with a lot of the things mm-hmm. with the kids, he actually did the reverse and was more hands off to where the relationship became more of a, he'd have, he'd spend his time with them every other weekend and a couple of midweek visits here and there. And then that was it. Right. So it almost. Did it decrease over time? I mean, time-wise spent with the kids? Yeah. As they got older, the time decreased, yes? As they got older, the time decreased. Mm-hmm. And as the time decreased, you know, the kids started, you know, evaluating their own opinions. And then that's, that's what I was saying before. That's when some of like the different emotional stuff started kicking in where it's like, okay, here it is. This is not my, 
this is not my biological dad, but he's doing more than my biological dad's doing for me. Right. And that's where some of like the emotional stuff that I wasn't prepared for, because I just figured I'm like, hey, I'm just gonna do right, yeah, what you, I would yeah, do. Right. And then all of a sudden it was it, it triggered different things for him. Where all of a sudden now I was like, okay, well, why isn't my biological dad who lives a couple miles down the road, why isn't he doing this? Mm-hmm. Why isn't he doing that? This person is not my biological and is doing this. And then that's when it started creating a Tension. different set of things that I never Did that create about. tension with him? It did create tension with him. Okay. It, so a lot, a lot of these stepdads are running. They, this is some of the issues that they face. So this morning I was speaking with a gentleman on, on, over Facebook because I belong to this uh, Facebook group called the Stepdad's Den, right? It's just okay. a place, a um, few thousand members where people can go and kind of just talk about their journey, right? So um, he was speaking on the fact that he does, he's doing what he can to connect with his stepson um, so that his stepson speaks up for himself, right? But then his stepson will go to his biological dad's house and it's the reverse. So all the work that he's putting in at home kind of gets undone when it goes here. And then when they get back, it's like you're yeah. starting from scratch, right? Yeah. And that frustrates a lot of stepdads because, you know, they start asking themselves that question. Why am I, again, so remember, I'm under the impression. And when I say I'm under the impression, this is my theory. Right. I'm on a lot of stepdads jump into a family not understanding the overall commitment that it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. So they jump in, but they have like this foot out the door, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a metaphorical foot. But when they see when all hell breaks loose and because they're not fully committed and because their foot's kind of out the door, they'll find a reason to leave. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when they would leave to these, you know, their biological dad's house and come back, it's like undoing everything that you're doing. So how do you handle that? So it's, it's funny you mentioned that because we, we, had a, we had a lot of that. We dealt with a lot of that. We'd sit here, get them to a great place, come back, and it's like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> you, were, you were there for less than 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Who, who are you? So one of the things that we had to start doing was, because each one of them was different, you know, where for a couple of our girls, what we had to do was they'd have to come home, and we had to get them to a point where it's like, okay, Write down your feelings. Okay. You were allowing them to express their feelings. Okay. Because we were like, Smart. you got to write it down. Because we'd sit here and they'd start talking. And my initial background is, okay, let's solve the problem. Let's yeah. let's solve the problem. And that's not what was being needed. It FYI, wasn't. That's not your background. That's every yeah. man. Every man <laughs> wants to solve the problem. Right. So keep going. And yeah. So so we sat there, and then all of a sudden it was like, okay, that's wrong. Okay. Well, I thought that was, no, okay, got it. So then we started coming to the conclusion was like, okay, when they get home, let's give them that first couple hours. Give them the first couple hours, let them, let them write it down. Yeah. Write down everything that they experienced on the weekend, what they're feeling, their frustrations, whatever it is. And then we would ask them afterwards, once they wrote everything down, we'd meet with each one of them one by one and say, okay, you can tell us anything or everything that happened this weekend. Wait, 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 back up, back up. You just said that you come from a background of solving problems. 
So you're explaining to me the exact opposite of that, which is listening. Yeah. So how did you get there? Let's tell me how you got there before you tell me what you did with the kids. So after, after, because what would happen is they'd come home. I try to solve it. And then my wife and my kids, and then all of a sudden everybody's emotions are high. Mm -hmm. My wife's flustered. Kids are flustered. I'm pissed off because all I'm trying to do is help. Right, and now all of a sudden right. I'm getting the... And you're nobody not, notices that yeah, you're trying to help, by yeah, the way. And, you're, yeah. and now all of a sudden I'm getting the, you're not helping and you're making it worse. And it's like, <laughs> dude, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and all you're doing is rambling and you're not trying to get anywhere. <laughs> and and you know, and then I do this thing and my, and my wife would bring this up, right? I'd, I'd do this thing where they'd say something and I'd feel like the problem was so easy. So I'd laugh. Oh. And I've then that. that, the hell would break loose. The storms would come down. Where'd you learn that from? You know what? I have no idea. Have you ever taken the time to, to figure out why? You know? No. That might be worth doing. Yeah. I would, I would just laugh. And then everything would stop. And then it's, you're insensitive. You're not caring. And then that would just get me amped. Mm-hmm. And then we'd sit there and, and then, you know... Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, here it is. It's Sunday, because they'd always come back Sunday morning or Sunday, you know, early afternoon. And now, like, for the next couple hours, it's like, okay, how do I not just cuss everybody out? Mm-hmm. How do I just keep all my thoughts in my head? Because I just think this is just absolutely ridiculous what what we're emotional about. Right. And then my I don't remember if it was my wife or something I've read or something. I just sat there and was like, okay. Let me, let me, let me go backwards and let me see if I put myself in their situation. Cause I've never been in their situation growing up. I had mom and dad 24 yeah, seven. So it wasn't this back and forth, back and forth. I didn't have to, you know what I'm saying? I had to deal with that. And, and I remember, and then I remember with my own daughter that she reminded me of something without reminding me because me and her mom were never together, but she would go back and forth and I would have to listen to her tell me things that she would hear and then I'd have to go, okay, don't react with emotion, listen to her, don't try to correct her, don't sit here and try to get into a verbal battle, Mm -hmm. just try to see what she's talking about and how I can help us move forward and how I can create a better communication. Right. And then that just like the bell started going off. I'm like, okay, so that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll just, I'll, how can I create better communication? So since they want to be so emotional and I want to solve a problem, right. I was like, okay, if they write it down, that gives them time to not come in with raw emotions they can still have the emotions, but they've written it down. Right, they're releasing it through paper, right. And then we can come back later. It gives me time to be prepared to just listen, just like shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. And allows my wife to be in the same spot, right? Because now we know, okay, this is what's going to happen. They're going to come home. They're going to be emotional. And we know we got to give them that first hour just to just write it down, figure out what they're going to come up with and then know that, okay, Hey, we're regrouping, sitting down with them one by one and 
after that, it, it took a while. Like, like it, yeah, I was about to say that you didn't just tell them to do that. And they're like, Oh, yeah. okay. That's... Yeah. It wasn't like days, weeks, <laughs> like we're talking years. Right. Right. I, 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 on the show, I express, I always talk about the importance of patience, right. importance of like, no matter what I say, no matter what you say, no matter what they read, no matter what show they look at the, the routines and habits and, and suggestions that we throw out. Uh, good, bad, right, or wrong, all take time. Yeah. Period. All take time. Yeah. It's an interesting theory that, that, or it's an interesting process that you have about them having. So, did you have them structure right, or did they? Where is it kind of just free write? It was free writing at the beginning. It was free writing, and then once it got to free writing, then it got down to three things. Yeah, specifics. Smart guys. Just straight three things, which right. was, you know, and we'd have them write it down. Tell me the best thing that happened this weekend. Tell me the thing that you would like to work on with the relationship you have over there. And then the last one was, tell us how we can help you best. And once we got to that and we got to an understanding, because that was the other side of it, right? Which was with the four of them, <laughs> each one of them had a different answer on what they wanted from us. And that was the other problem that was happening was we would sit there and try to treat each one of them with the same conclusion, which is you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Right, right. A blanketed statement. And, and yeah. that was one of the things that we discovered was each one needed something specifically different and we needed to be ready to do that. And once they started outlining what they needed, because like with my son, it was simply just if I'm pissed, I don't need you doting on me. I don't need you asking me a bunch of stuff. You know what? At that point, I just want to get back to regular routine. Oh, so he likes structure. He's like, I okay. just want to get back to regular routine. Yeah. And regular routine is wake up, get on what I got to get on, get homework done, do our normal. And that's what I need. And that's what he needed versus, versus, um, versus our, our oldest daughter. She needed to be able to voice the things that she was feeling about every situation. And that's what we learned was she said that I need to be able to have your undivided attention for 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. And then the next one was just like, I don't need 30 minutes. I just need you guys to hold me and just tell me you believe in me. And then the last one was simply just, I just need you to tell me how I can solve the problem and get better at solving problems on my own. Mm. So each one of them was completely different. Each one of them was completely different. And it was like, okay, you know, like even my daughter, um, the one that lives in Vegas, who obviously my wife was the stepmom for her, mm -hmm. she learned from this experience too, which was my, you know, your, 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 your web is yeah. crazy, right? Your web is like, so. I mean, everybody's in the picture. Uh -huh. I mean, you have, okay, keep going. Yeah. yeah so, so for <laughs> my wife, she had to learn that, you know, that my daughter never wanted to feel like she was trying to replace her mother, didn't want to ever have that feeling, but she wanted that relationship to where she could get the emotional side. Right. That she felt like she wasn't getting from her mom because her mm -hmm. mom just wasn't built like that. And, and that's not my thing. But that was something that she was needing was to be able to know that it is good to be emotional. It's okay to be emotional in that regard <clears throat> and learn how 
to express that and to know that, hey, it, it's, it's okay to cry and it's not something to feel bad for. So right. my wife was like right there for her and a lot of the different emotional things that I couldn't do and my wife didn't know how to do. Right. And learning from her also helped her in, in your house. Like, in the, I mean, so there's so many light lessons to be learned off of the patience that you've had and through the experiences, right? And the, and the, the idea that you had from free writing to structured writing to having them get real specific on exactly what they need. Um, a lot of, how do I say it? So I, I, I argue, and when I say I argue, I mean, I just bring up points, right? But my thing is this, is that in no way, shape or form do, your, do the children in your guys' life, right? They are not looking for the replacement for their biological anybody. That's not what they're looking for. But that in no way, but that doesn't mean that you can't, and this is going to, I'll explain it. But that doesn't mean that you can't replace their biological parents. And what I mean by that is that, yes, you know, by the world's standards and by what's the social narrative of what a step parent is, right? That's what you are, which is you do what you can up to a point, but then you got to let the biological parents take care of it because that's their job. And it's a narrative that we've, we've been given and that we've learned and that we see on television and, and in movies that we think that that is the way to go. Right. When in reality, it's not about you can do what you can up into a point and then letting the biological parent take place. It is what kind of, I, I believe in three main steps. First, understanding fully who you are and why you do what you do, which is why I asked you earlier, right. you know, why did you do that? And if you've ever done self-reflection, right. right? My episode one on this is all about self-reflection, which is you've taken the time to have your children go, okay, tell me what you want, what you want to learn over there and what we can do for you. But my question to you, Terrence is, have you done that to you? Right. Like, have you taken the time and going, man, I've never really looked at this. Like, why do I always try to solve every problem? Where does that stem from? And what was my, you know, what was the way, best way to communicate with me and why? Like ask yourself these questions because it's important that before we can get to the stepkids. So again, I say this because most stepdads and I did the same thing, right? I got into the relationship. I fell in love with her mom. My immediate thing was, how can I make all the children love me? I jumped over my wife and went, how can I make all the children love me? I want to make sure that I connect with them. I want to be the fun guy. I want to be the yes man. I want to do all of that, right? Mm. I tried so hard to get the acceptance from the kids that I started losing my connection with my wife. And the reason why I was there in the first place. And the reason I lost that with my wife is because I had a need growing up because yes, I had my parents, but my parents, my dad worked all the time and my mom drank all the time. And when my dad came home, he drank all the time. And my sister was not the best influence in the world. So as a child growing up, all I wanted was to be loved. Somebody pay attention to me. That's the thing that I needed, right? right? So unconsciously, I brought that into my adult life, which is why probably why I became an actor, right? I, want, I wanted the recognition. Right. And, and then when I got into this family, I transferred, un, again, unconsciously, I transferred all of that um, what's the word I'm looking for? I transferred all of that past ways of, of me growing up to that situation and it was backwards. So instead of working on me first, then working on my teammate, my teammates, my wife, right. at the end of the day, like we're a team, like we're the, we are the front owners, the kids are the players. Yeah. My wife and I own the, own the company and, and this is the work that I have to do with myself. Right? Yeah. So if my wife and our connection is not there. No matter what I do, if we, if I wouldn't have made that connection with her, right? If I wouldn't have taken that time, 
to develop our relationship first before I ever decided, before I went to the kids and try to and make it work there, I would have never got the support that I needed in order to get mm-hmm. to. So like a stepdad will be running full steam ahead. Like we're going to solve a problem. Right. And then at 70%, here comes grandma, here comes neighbor, here comes coworker, here comes biological, whatever. And they're like, stop, you can't go any further. Now it's the parent's job. And that's a wrong strategy mm-hmm. it's a, because we're teaching our kids that, you know, my stepdad can only do so much, but then mom's got to take over and I got mom pegged. I know how to handle this. Right? They yeah. have to see a united front going forward or it will never work. And that's my argument. Yeah. That is a huge argument for me because a lot of men believe that they they want to get into the situation and they want to solve the problem, right? Solving mm-hmm. the problem is such a universal way of looking at this. That's what why did we even step up in the first place? Think about it. Why? Why'd you? You know, and and when I when you think about it in and as you were saying that, I was sitting there thinking about like, okay, what why do? Why am I that way and pretty much like you said that was one of the initial that was one of the initial hurdles that we had was I hadn't realized that so much of my life had been about control which is one of the reasons why Mm. I did track and field I didn't do well at team sports you know I never did football I did basketball in high school for a little bit Mm -hmm. to a point where I didn't do anymore because I didn't like the fact that no matter how hard I worked it I couldn't control the outcome. I couldn't control whether we won or we lost or this kid played this way or this one did that or the coach made the decision to sub me out mm-hmm. instead of leave me in and, and that's why tracking ended up being so great for me because it was simple. I put the work in, I'm going to get the results and it doesn't matter what the coach says, doesn't matter what anybody else does, if I've outworked you, I get the win. Right. I get the results. I get everything I want out of it. And that's why I realized as I'm sitting there thinking about it, that's why I was so much about the control because mm-hmm. I'd step over my wife and be like, well, this is the answer. Right, right. This is the answer. We're doing this. And then... And then the kids look past you and are like, mom, is this what we're doing? And and now, now I've taken my wife's voice out of it. I've shown that we're not united, that we haven't figured out what's best for them. I figured what was best. Yeah. She's figured what's best, but we haven't figured what's best. Right. And once we started doing that, then we started like, it was like, uh, like the light bulbs are going off. All of a sudden I was like, damn, I feel like a good parent. I feel like a, a great husband. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Who, who would have known? Right? So yeah, as I sit here and think about it, that's and that was kind of the original reason why I stepped into this. I stepped into this because I was like, okay, I want to be married. I want the, the right person for me. And I want the right person for my daughter and any current kids that she has or any future kids that we have. Mm-hmm. And that was my reason why I stepped in it to begin with. Because I'm like, okay, this is what I wanted. I wanted a united front, yet I didn't act like you know it was kind of almost like i wanted to yeah yeah, yeah, yeah we all want we all want when we get in there but yeah. i didn't do it right well it's not we later. don't mean to dude right it's not like we mean to right at the, at the end of the day we don't mean to bring who we were into who we are right we don't mean to do that i call it an inherited ignorance and traits like we don't i didn't mean to bring in the fact that 
when one of the kids, oh, here's a big thing for me. When one of my kids would cry, right? Like, and when I say cry, I don't mean cry like in, um, like whine. I mean like, cause they got hurt. Right. A natural reaction for a, a parent should be like, oh, what's wrong? Like everything okay? But for some reason, because I was brought up in this military life, when I would hear somebody cry, I get mad. I would get pissed off for no apparent reason whatsoever. I would still try to help, but I, would, I wouldn't empathize with them whatsoever. And I would be like, look, this is what I would do, do that. And the kids are like, what? You know, like, we're, we're, this isn't the army, right? <laughs> and, and, I, and for the longest time, I would, I would do that. I would get so upset. And it wasn't because I was mad, it was because for some strange reason, my bubble or my, my, my life that I was leading at that very moment, when that happened, it was something I couldn't control. And because I couldn't control it, it started throwing everything out of whack. And I, and because I couldn't handle it immediately and fix it and put everything back. So it was a spinning circle again, it irritated the crap out of me. Right. And I didn't understand that year one through four. It wasn't even until year five until I finally understood, okay, I got to stop being my dad. I got to stop being my uncle. I got to stop being my grandfather. I got to stop being my mom. I got to everything that they did. Yes, I'm alive, right. but man, a lot of this shit don't work at all so you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because that was that was actually something that my wife showed me as well was when one of the kids would whine or cry i'd get pissed yeah i get super super irritated and angry like what are you doing what that's nothing to cry over nobody died but what are you crying over and and just you know even like expressing love and and hugging I, did, I didn't realize that that just wasn't my upbringing until mm. we started looking at it. I'm like, okay, that's right. You know, yeah, we didn't really, in my family growing up, we didn't say I love you. We didn't, you know, we weren't hugging. And I never, I heard of my parents crying. I never saw that, even with my sister. I never yeah. saw it. Yeah. And, and one day, uh, my wife, my, my daughter was in town visiting. Like, I had had her for the summer. Well, I was like, you need to hug her. What? She's like, she's got the plane. The first thing you're supposed to do when she gets and you see her is to hug her. And mm -hmm. I'm like, why? And she, you know, and then that and that got us into a strong discussion. And then that's when I started. You. Yeah, you didn't know and that's that when wrong. I started understanding the emotional side, like you said, and just starting to make connectivity in terms of like, okay, got it. This is why I'm doing this, and this is why I need to change. So like you said, yeah, I started making a lot of changes in that regard with the hugging. It, it still is definitely, it is, I, I it is definitely still something that I work on. Yeah, because, this is a never ending game, right? You You're know, gonna continue to get it better. So I'm definitely, I'm better, you know, 11 years later, I'm better than I was when we first started. I'm not gonna say I'm great. I'm not like a Mr. Rogers type hugger, <laughs> you know? I'm, I, you know, I'm definitely moved from a side hugger to, you know, to a front hug type thing and then the tear thing. I just don't say nothing and I just try to go, what can I do to help? <laughs> so I, I have, you know, there still is that part where I have to think about it. So I'm definitely at a point now where I don't get mad and I don't get angry, but I'm like, what can I do to help? And so, you know, progress, you know. I think this is important for you stepdads to know, check this out. As I'm sitting here listening to Terrence talk, I'm thinking like Terrence is years on me in this stepdad game, right? 
and he's you're 13 years into this. I'm going on 11. Right. And and listen to me very carefully, guys, because it's important to remember this while you're watching these episodes and you're and you're and you're watching these shows. We're still learning. Like we don't have this figured out at all. But because we we did the work initially, we're able to handle situations better that are going to progressively move our families forward to building a foundation of success and love. That's that's the objective here. Our entire objective as stepdads is to gain the trust of everybody in the family so they see you as the leader. That's that's what we our job is, right? So never never think that taking the advice from Terrence or listening to what I say is going to solve your problem immediately. This is not a get rich quick scheme. Yeah, you know, this yeah. isn't one of those motivational talks where they say, you know, you know, become a millionaire in two weeks. That's not what it is, right? Yeah. This is going to require you. It's going to require you to put in the work, the time, the energy, and the effort in order to, in order to get to a point in your relationship with your children and your wife, where you could feel comfortable with the continued growth and never be satisfied where you're at right so never look for that that satisfaction like you've done enough because in absolutely no way because you know it as well as i know guys our children continue to grow so the problems that they had at 10 are not the problems (laughs) that they have at 17 right amen so being aware of that man is big you need to know that that's big that's a really big thing to do so how how do you how do you envision um, like if you could look back, here's a great question. If you okay. can look back at yourself at year two or one, right? You're getting, I mean, you just got into this. You're going, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of take your thoughts back to who you were. Right. If you can look back at year one or two, um, are you happy about the decisions that you made? Do you look back at them more of a learning experience or do you regret anything you've done? You know, I, it's a great question. I would I would say I, I definitely don't regret because I, I needed to grow. Yeah. Because I needed to to know what I don't know, understand what I, I don't understand, and find ways to better. So I, I, I definitely don't regret anything. If I was to do anything different, which is what I'm doing now, is in year two. Yeah. Tell that to them. So in year, you know, so what I'm doing now. Like if I'd have been a year or two, the thing that I would have I would have pushed more is to create more family dynamic stuff where it was me and the kids doing more things. Like almost in a sense of something of a of a building block, right? So if all of a sudden it was like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna create, we're gonna create these different things as like our little family thing that we do, right? Where it's like, okay, you know. We, you know, and and taking every kid, you know, and at that time it was just five, right? So having a building block with them saying like, okay, these are the things that we do together as a family because these are the things that's important to each kid. And even though each of us may not like that, we're going to get involved in it and we're going to find the reason that we like it is because it's what this other person really likes. Mm. So, for example, meaning that if, so, each one of mine was different. Like I said, uh, Dallin was into baseball and soccer. Corbin was into dance. Jamaica was into all the sports. 
And then McKinley was into gymnastics and McCall was just starting to kind of get into soccer. But instead of trying to create more avenues for everybody to have success in terms of supporting, not like just verbally supporting, mm -hmm. right? But just like being there supporting, mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily do that. It was always like this, okay, well here, me and Honey are gonna go visit Jamaica while she does her things in Vegas. And what I should have done was brought the family more because the times when I did bring all of the family, even though they weren't all into basketball, it was like, oh, great, great little family trip. Everybody enjoyed it. She saw the port, she saw the support that she needed, yeah. and it made her feel involved, made her feel a part of this family. And but then, like I said, at the same time, there are times where it's like, okay, I didn't bring them all to a dance thing for Corbin, or I didn't have them all go to a gymnastics thing for McKinley. So that's the thing that I would say. At year two, I really, really wish I had done more of that. I mean, we're doing it now mm -hmm. because everybody's older now. And I'm not saying we're all disconnected, but definitely it would have been one of those things where it would have been, I, I feel like it would have been secondhand nature for everybody to be like, oh, hey, so-and-so's got this. Be support. Boom. Boom, yeah. It's not this, okay, well, let's see here. I got to do this to this to this to make that happen. Yeah, it's almost like you're in negotiation standards with all your kids to make sure that they come or, yeah. So, you know, so like I said, because obviously, you know, it, we've had a couple weddings. So everybody was there for the weddings, you know, and we haven't had any college graduations yet. And, and that's like the next big right, thing. Right, right, it's is, the next evolution everybody being there, but it would have been one of those things where it's like, okay, outside of like a family vacation, if we had created stronger dynamics in that, I feel like it just, like you said, it would have been secondhand nature for everybody to be like, okay, so-and-so's got this. And it doesn't matter whether it was big or small. They just all knew that that person was so passionate about that. It was just a done deal. Didn't matter how big or small it was, they would be there. So that's, so that's probably the one thing I would say that if I had to do, I would make sure that I would have implemented more connective webs at year two and would have really thought about it that way because now, like I said, I'm, I'm deeper into it and I'm almost 43 and it's like, okay, you know, I'm just trying, and I'm trying to think about it from the past where it's like, okay, when I'm dead, I want them to still connect yeah. and not just be like, okay, well, he's dead. She's dead. I got my family thing over here. I'm doing, you know, and it's kind of like, okay, we'll all get together here and there versus still keep that. Place an importance wrong. on this, on the, on the, the times to be together. I say, so that's, that's very much about uh, building and, and setting um, the tone for that, I, you know, I call it your, your, your timeline, right? Everybody's got their own timeline. And as we mix family, like I even wrote it up here, as you mix families and timelines, you know, everything interacts and entwines and you're dealing with the inherited traits and, and values from your, from the outside world and the bio parents and their family and their life. And that keeps going, right? So what you're talking about of which you wish you would have done at year two, just to kind of get you guys, you know, very clear what he's meaning. What he means is is that he wish he would have established more importance on the values of being there for one another at year two. So fast forward to today, those 
those values would have so much would hold so much importance to their family that they didn't feel like it was something they had to do, but it's something that they wanted to do. They actually like felt this desire to go be supportive to one another, right? So, and when you deal with bigger families, or even if let's call it two kids or more, you have to remember that everybody's going to be different Mm. and the values and traits that your stepchildren are bringing to the table, whether they are good, bad, right, or wrong, have nothing to do with you, stepdad. They have nothing to do with you. The only thing that matters is, is what values you're going to instill now and how much patience you're going to have so that when you fast forward to our world, which is 10, 11 years, you can look back on that time and say, man, I'm so glad I listened to Terrence and Franco and I, and I put some importance on whatever that is for your, you and your world because it really did pay off at the end. And that is the objective of this show, right? That's the right. objective. That's the objective of even sitting down and talking with you because no matter what I say, okay, I got asked this question yesterday. Why'd you call this the professional stepdad, right? Do you, the two part question, why did you call this the professional stepdad? Do you think you have it all figured out? That was the question I was asked. Right. Answer is no, right? I called this show the professional stepdad is because that is the journey and the end destination that we all seek as men to be professionals at what we do, right? And a true professional, whether it be in sports, in business, or at step parenting, a true professional knows that there is no retirement age. A pro continues to get better always, right? So the professional stepdad is very much a a play on, that is what we all seek to be. We seek to be professionals at this because a professional, there's nothing better, and I don't know if you agree with me, there's nothing better in the world than watching a professional do work, Yeah. right? Whether it's juggling, track, football, uh, magic, singing, like it's cool to see a novice, it's cool to see year one and two, it's cool to see novice because you know you root for them, right. but there's nothing better than when a professional steps out on stage and delivers like a pro because you believe that you're gaining so much from that moment, right? And that is what we seek. That's what we're going after. I agree with that. So yeah, like I said, when you sit there and see somebody, it's it's not so much of a jealousy. It's it's a it's a it's a mutual respect because we don't like I said you don't necessarily know all the intricate details, and you don't need to know all the intricate details of the work that that person put in. But you know that they putting in work right. to get to that level to be just that damn good and feel confident in knowing that what they're doing is the right thing. Right. And that's, that is why, guys, I call myself a professional stepdad because I consider myself from the time and work that I put in, I consider myself a pro at what I do now. I don't have it all figured out. But I am a, I am a pro. I am a pro at what I do because I follow just three main principles, and you know, and those three main principles that I, I think I've told you about them. But and the very and what we talked about earlier, the principles that I followed that got me to a point where I consider myself a professional is because I focus on three key points, which is me, okay. then the us, which is the teamwork mm-hmm. with my wife, them, me, us, them, and I did it in that order. Right? And by doing it backwards or any other way, it doesn't work. It doesn't, no, it, doesn't it doesn't mesh well. Me, us, them. Right? So stepdads, me, us, them. Like think about that, kind of internalize that, because 
if you're finding yourself struggling to connect with your kids or you're finding yourself struggling to have authority in the home, you know, I mean, for God's sakes, 99% of us, when we enter into this parenting, step parenting scenario, we're walking on freaking eggshells all the time because we're so afraid of the outside judgment and the ridicule and all that shit people are saying to us or about us behind closed doors that we don't feel free to be the stepdads and the men and the leaders that we want to be in the home that we live in. Therefore, we have that, what we talked about in the beginning, yeah. we, have that, we have that metaphorical foot out the door. Yeah. Telling you, right? So, but the only way you can get to that point, and I believe this, the only way you can get to that point is by first understanding why you do what you do, why you act the way you act, why you react the way you act. And then second, what kind of relationship do you have with your partner? I mean, some of you aren't married. Some of you are like dating the, the woman or, you're, or, you're, or dating the partner that you're with that you're still thinking about going in. You're still thinking about going all in, right? And you're still, yeah. you have second, you know, you got to make sure that that teamwork, that, that bond is strong enough. So when you do get to that very crucial punishments and, and yeah. scoldings and however you want to do it, right? Um, you don't revert back to who you were because you didn't do the self-work. Because if I didn't do the self-work first, the way I would punish is the way my dad punished me, which is to whoop the shit out of me. Right. And that didn't work. It didn't, that didn't, yeah. that wasn't a beneficial thing for me. Right. Although it was, it's an accepted thing to talk about. Right. It still wasn't beneficial, but the only way that worked and the only way the kids saw me as a, a leader, as a, as a stepdad, as that person in their life, again, not trying to replace, but an authority, authority, authoritative, authoritative. Yeah. Authoritative. Yeah. Authoritative, authoritative <laughs> figure in the, in the household was because mom and I were on the same page. So if you're finding yourself unable to connect or walking on eggshells or fill in the blank, ask yourself, did I do the work on me first? Are my wife or my partner and I on the same page? And if you are, then you're probably not having this. But if you still are, again, this is a big thing. If you still are, it's because you didn't take the time once you got to this point. It's not jump all in. It is, okay, I'm here. My wife's on my team. I know why I do the things I do. Now it's time for you to shut up and listen, like Terrence said. It's time for you to shut up and listen. Your kids are speaking a language to you that may not seem important to you, but it's important to them. My daughter Emma said it yesterday. Okay, everyone has their own problems. So you can't be making someone else feel bad about their problems because those problems are bigger to the people. The things that are problems for her might not be problems for me, but they're still problems. And if I push them away like they're nothing and I treat them like they're small and tiny, yeah. then she's not going to want to come and talk to me. She's not going to want to communicate with me. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's what I think. And that's, again, that's, that's amazing that you are even in your situation. Seven kids, dude. That's nice. crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I've got five. A lot of you stepdads have like one, two, or three. But this man has seven. Balancing his life, his kids, and his relationship is probably not an easy game. No, it's probably not easy. Like I said, and, 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 and taking off of what you said, you know, for somebody who may not even be able to look at it that way, you know, I always broke it down to the, you know, I date myself first, then I date my wife, and then we date the kids. Yeah. And, and when you do it that way, like you said, it's one of those, yeah, you get it. Because obviously if you date yourself, you're going to treat yourself the best way you possibly could on a date. Right. You're going to. 
you're going to sugarcoat it. You're going to, you're going to make sure this is the greatest date ever. And then, like I said, and then after that, you know what it takes to make you great and you know what you like. And then like I said, you go to the next step. It's okay. How do I make my wife great? How do I make my spouse great? Whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's okay. How do we make the kids great? How do you do this part? I do that part. And, and I think, like you said, that's the, the biggest part. It's, it's understanding that you can have some things that are you parts and her parts, but there needs to be a bigger percentage of these mm -hmm. are our, yeah. this is what we do. Mm -hmm. This is our part. And, you know, like I said, you even hit on it from a disciplinary standpoint, which is, yeah, growing up, yeah, I got, I got a few whoopings. I remember all three of them. I remember all three of them. I remember getting my ass whooped three times <laughs> and all three of them were, were, horrible. were yeah, there were enough of experience to, to always remember them. And, and I said, I don't fault my mom or my dad for them. I just know that I never, I never whooped my daughter. And I've, you know, and so it was like, hey, that's not something I want to do. So how do we create the discipline without that? And and that was something that we worked on together as far as this and that. Smart, because smart. like I said, because that's, you know. So she was raised too probably, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like she, oh, yeah. yeah. She got that. She got her ass whipped with a belt yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And and that was probably the part. And, and, and he said, you know, and I know some stepdads have probably been in this situation where, you're, you're scared as hell to discipline the kids because you're like, okay, if I discipline them, they're going to hate me, CPS, you know, like J. Cole's, you know, the neighbors think I'm beating the shit out of my kids, you know, so you're going to have some thoughts like this, right? And, and so that was one of those ones where it's like, okay, got it. I don't want the kids to hate me, and she didn't want my daughter to hate her, but we need to discipline, and it can't be one of those things where it's, well... I can't discipline you until mom gets here right, or, right, right. or she'd be able like, to have the authority to yeah. do your job. And, and, and so that's, and that's, like I said, that's a whole nother thing. And that, like I said, it comes down to that being on the same page as far as how that looks, how that works and earning the trust and the confidence to know that they're going to respect you because you've taken the time, you've built that with your spouse and you've built that with them that they're not going to look at it as he trying to kill me or he belittled me or he made me feel like, you know, like the yeah, lowest speck on earth. And like I said, and, and it is, it is a process because at the beginning, yeah, you're afraid as hell to be like, Oh shoot. They messed up. Um, I know what I should do. I know what I need to do, right. but do I have the green light? And if you don't have the green light, yeah. Oh, I mean, you could, I mean, you could lose your family. Think about it. I mean, there are probably a lot of stepdads who thought they had the green light, but didn't have the green light. And we're not talking about beating your kids, guys. We're right. not talking about an ass whooping here. <laughs> we're talking about the green light to be able to feel comfortable enough to discipline your children in a way that will be satisfactory to your partner when she finds out about it, because she will, uh, because ever, all the kids are going to run to the other one, the other kid, whether the others, they're going to run to them. Oh, right? yeah. So did you get the green light? And if you didn't, Brace yourself. Yeah. Right? It's going to be hell. And it's going to be hell unless you can do the work first. I'm telling you. You can get on the same page with your wife or your yeah. or your partner and the kids see the United Front and they see that you it's a 50% shareholder agreement. Right. Right? They know now that the mom <clears throat> first so you stepdads know. Mom CEO. Okay? She's the yeah. owner. She's the she she's CEO. You are COO. Yep. Meaning you, you, you handle operations within the home. 
Mom's exactly. CEO. But when, when the kids can see both of you, CEO and COO, on the same page to run, a, to run the company, yeah, you're going to find success. Yeah. Right? Patience is still going to take time. doesn't matter. Best partners in the world in business know that you can't get rich overnight. It takes time and work and all that other fun jazz. So it's a great way to – I mean, I love that stuff. Okay, guys. Um, something to take away today is this. And this is all coming from Terrence's side. It's the it's it's listening to your children, but taking that time, like Terrence did, to allow them to express their feelings on paper. And if you feel to do it the structured way, I'm sure you guys can message me or send me an email, and I can have Terrence whip up something that they use for their yeah. kids, and then we could just give it to you guys for free, Absolutely. so they can have like a PDF, you know, whatever. But this would be something: allow your children. Allow the kids to get to a point where they can speak freely on paper without feeling they're going to be judged or ridiculed by what they say in a place that's in a comfortable environment so that you can talk everything through and, and you can find your way back on track to continue to keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would take away. Like I said, the three things, allowing your children to speak and, and allowing them to write it down so they can um, – what were the three things again? It was what can I – what do I gain from? Yeah, so basically, you know, so coming back down to the three things, it was, you know, what did I, what did I enjoy this weekend? Okay. Um, what's something that I would like to improve upon with, with the time that I'm there mm-hmm. and what I need from you? Okay. So you guys got that, right? So it's find the good, find the growth, find the connection. Yep. That's what I would say. So guys, Terrence... I want to make sure that I, do you want me to tell you, tell me your full name, just so like even the middle name, just so people can find you. Oh, absolutely. Super easy. So there's like a million Terrence Johnson, because it just seems like the most common black name, <laughs> right? You know, like, like even on Venmo, just real funny. I'm, I'm like, I'm 28 on Venmo. On Terrence Johnson's? Yeah. I'm okay. number 28. So that, yeah. So I want to know the middle initial. Yeah. So it's Terrence Huey L. Johnson. Huey L.? Mm-hmm. Huey L. Johnson. So is it Terrence H. L. Johnson? Yep. Okay, cool. You guys got that. So Terrence H. L. Johnson. I'll have his uh, his information here probably below him. He's a, he's a, he's, you do fitness and health and all that other fun jazz. Yeah. If you guys ever want questions, you know, you can shoot him a message. Thank you very much for joining us on the Professional Stepdad Podcast. Terrence, thanks very much for being here, man. I really oh, yeah. appreciate you. Stay focused productions.